chapter 3. And uh, you can just hold it there. I wonder if I can just have a microphone, a handheld microphone. I, I thought it would be a really good idea. I know I'm on this microphone as well, so don't worry, I'm not losing my mind. Um, I, I thought it would be a great idea. It was, it was back at the Assemblies of God National Conference in, uh, in May of last year that we heard of a, a pastor there by the name of Phil Pringle who leads a great church in, in Sydney. And he just mentioned how there are occasions, and he says it's been really helpful to just build in the life of the church, he said, because... Um, there are occasions when he actually, throughout the year, where he goes amongst his congregation, he's got a few thousand people in his church, and he asks them to just name one thing that they love about C3 Church. And so I thought, well, I'm going to do that tonight. So I'm just going to ask a few, so you better get ready, because I don't know who I'm, going to, who I'm going to fall on tonight. Just one thing that you love about Arena Church. So Jacob Kirk, what one thing do you love about Arena Church? I love um, how we do Apparently, I've been told that I love Josh as well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I love what we do for uh, the community, because that's what we're in. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So, oh. We're in, we're in the yeah. Okay. If I can have that. Uh, yeah, that'll be great. I'm just wondering who else I'm going to ask to uh, to fall upon. So I wonder if Glennis would help me. <laughs> what one thing do you love about Arena Church? Oh. <laughs> I, I can't even pay you. I can't even pay you. Flipping out. Simon, what one thing do you love about Arena Church? The unity that we've all got together. The fact that we all, you know, encourage each other, build each other up, and pray for each other. Wonderful. Wonderful. You're all like, your heads are down. Now I love this. I feel like I'm a man with great power. Marnie, last one. What one thing do you love about Arena Church? But one thing you love about Arena Church? Um, I love the diversity of church. I love how there's uh, young people, there's old people, there's poor people, there's rich people, there's people that's been addicts, there's people that's got to the top in success. Brilliant. <laughs> we really love this church. Great. If you're new amongst us, that wasn't us just trying to, you know stroke our egos I think we should do that and just on occasions just running through because it's important for us to just identify why we really love Arena Church and I'm for one very thankful for this church Lord we thank you for the church we love the church it's the one thing that you love as well and you love the world and you also love the church and I just pray Lord that as I just share for a few minutes that just the words that I share will just lay something into these lovely people and would take us forward. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're talking about going forward together. And this message has been crafted with the aim of taking us forward. We're looking at, uh, Phil introduced the subject to us. And there's going to be five particular subjects that we're going to look at. It's my joy to be able to talk about trust this evening. In the context of uh, our business, there was a man 
a consultant, an author, a teacher, a leadership specialist by the name of Patrick Lencioni, who identified five particular aspects that uh, were, could be very disastrous in the context of team, and he called them five dysfunctions. And uh, we just went through this. I remember going, reading the book and the material a number of years ago, and then we just revisited it last year and went through the staff, and the staff and the team said, we really feel that this would be a great series to roll out in Ilkeston, and so that's exactly what we did. And Phil mentioned this last week, we're not devoid of ideas. God's a creative genius, so it's not that we feel that we have to duplicate what we do in Ilkeston in Mansfield, but we really felt that this would help us in terms of laying in and strengthening in this year. And so I want to just talk about trust this evening. And as I said, this message has been crafted with the purpose of taking us forward. But I also am mindful tonight that it actually, for some people, I really felt just stirring in my heart that this could be the beginning of your healing. This could be the beginning of your healing this evening. Because the reality is, we live in a very, very fickle world. We live in a very, very challenging world. We live in a world where people say one thing and then do another. We live in a world where people let us down. Please don't get offended by this word. I don't think it's too bad, but we're shafted. Yeah? I'm just being honest with you. And there's a lot of stuff that can happen in us and toward to us that... Uh, can create all kinds of mistrusts. And there's things that have happened to me where I've felt like, can I really trust those people? Can I really trust people? Am I talking to anybody this evening? So, we need to really just understand that what I really believe that God wants to bring to us is, is for some people a healing but particularly in the context of church, he just wants to lay another course of bricks in our lives. I said there's an absence of, absence of trust. Um, I mean, you know, we have all kinds of crazy things that happen in the world where bombs are going off at the start of marathon lines. You remember that in America? I mean, what's all that about? You know, we have banking crisis where there's a mistrust of financial institutions. We have political crisis where MPs are fiddling their expenses. I'm, I'm being, I am apolitical, but I'm just making statements. And this is all around us, which can create mistrust in all of us. If anybody's ever been through the airport recently... I mean, how many checks do you need to go through? And if you've ever flew into the United States, they are hyper. You just go through all kinds of security systems. What I find interesting as well, it's not even in airports, but even in football matches. When you go to some high-profile football matches, you're going through security. I remember going a number of years ago down to London, and we wanted to go around Canary Wharf. And we drove, and then we realized that we're, we were going, going to be in a lot of trouble soon enough because there were armored vehicles that were there that were uh, obviously on alert 
because we were in the financial district of the city of London. There's all kinds of things that happen in the world, but there's things that have happened to us. Some of us here have had the unfortunate event where a husband or a wife has been unfaithful to you. A work colleague has stabbed you in the back. Somebody who said they was going to do something and you believed them, only to find out they did the exact opposite. Somebody who said they were never going to leave you, then ultimately did leave you. Am I talking to anybody tonight? These all create an absence of trust in us. But what it actually does for us, guys, so in the personal, we then bring it to wherever we go into. So in relationships and in the relationship called church, things happen to us, so we bring that experience into church. So this is what happens. Somebody said that, Somebody says something to me, I believe them, they then did the exact opposite, so I was let down. So that has brought a wound to my heart. And then I find myself in church, and I find a man in a bright colored shirt saying to me that we need, I need to trust him. And everything in me screams, why should I trust him? Because you're just like the others. I'm going to keep saying it. Am I talking to anybody tonight? Because it all creates something. And then what happens is, even though you might like me, I'm using me as an illustration, you think, well, it seems all right. It seems plausible. But then what begins to happen is you start picking over everything that I am now saying. Particularly in the areas of high importance in your life. So relationally, you start picking over the details. Financially, you start picking over what Julie's just said. What did she mean by, by you know, putting uh, money in the, in the offering? What does she mean about count me in and details? What do you mean? And you start to pick over the details. And then also the other thing, you start to second guess. So when Phil stands up and says that, yeah, but did he mean this or did he mean this? Hello? And we start to pick over the details. We start to second guess. And it's all because we have an absence of trust. We have an absence of trust. Now listen to me. God wants this to be the beginning of your healing. Some of you need to get healed. Some of you need to get healed. And I'm not talking about me just laying my hand on you and calabashandying all over you. Did you get that? Calabashandy. I always remember Eric Hobson. He used to, it was funny. He used to talk about people speaking in tongues. Calibre is a non alcohol lager. And he used to say, Calabashandy, Calabashandy. Anyway, it's lost on you guys. It's completely lost on you. It ain't going to happen me through me doing that, but it's, it just begins to start, if that's the case, in Andy's heart. It just begins to connect with me. Because I do need to say this, I have no ulterior motive other than to just do what God's asked us to do and just try and bring some healing to some people and to just lay a foundation in the church. And I'll come on to some bits and bobs as we move forward. Stephen Covey, who actually 
And don't all get worked up about Stephen Covey. Stephen Covey came out of the Church of the Latter-day Saints. Right? But he wrote a a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And Covey recognized in this area of trust something very significant. So I want you to, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Even if you've heard it before, I just want you to write it down again. So important. Where trust is low, progress is slow, and the cost is high. Let me just make a comment on that, and we're going to see, in a moment we're going to see a video. Where trust is low, the progress is slow, and the cost is incredibly high. So let me use the airport illustration. Trust is low because we're on high alert in the country. So progress getting through customs is what? Slow. And the cost is what? Because of all the infrastructure and machinery and everything else and stuff you have to have on. And where is the basis of that? The absence of trust. We see it in the natural. So where there's trust that is so low in your family, where trust is low, progress is so slow. And the cost is so high to everybody around. In churches, where trust is low, if that's the lowest common denominator, progress is so slow. We will see no growth. We will see no new ministries. We will see no new birth. We'll see no influence around the town. But the cost will be incredibly high. Cost relationally, emotionally. It will be so high. You feel like you'll be just working with people and there's no oil. There's a grinding. Anybody ever been in relationships like that? They're awful. I just want to walk away from them like that. And you just feel drained. I'm not talking to anybody. You feel drained. But... Where trust is high, progress is fast, and the cost is low. I didn't pay Simon to say what he said, and all the contributions were brilliant. But he just commented on unity and just the love. And you see, what you're really talking about there, Simon, is, is the fact that there is a high level of trust because there's unity. You know where there's a high level of unity and a high level of trust? Everything seems so easy. If, yeah, if everything feels so easy. I, I'm not, I ain't got a, 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 in the pit of my stomach when I walk here on a Sunday night. I'm full of joy. I'm hopeful. I don't walk into so, it was Monday morning in the office and think, oh, what am I coming into? I know there are occasions, there's challenges. But do you know what I mean? The trust is higher. There's just a lightness. There's just a good thing. And the progress is so fast. If we want to see Mansfield touched and changed, it's only going to come as a result of keeping trust very high. Because otherwise, it's going to feel like we're grinding. But if we keep trust high, the progress will be fast. The the cost will be low. And there's oil. The oil oil of heaven. On everything that we're doing. Let's just have a look at an illustration of a a vendor. I know it's very American, but I like this illustration. So I wonder if we could just show it now, guys, and that would be great. Jim is a vendor in New York City. Every morning he sets up his shop 
on the street. At one point, Jim realized that long lines at his shop were discouraging potential customers and causing people to take their business elsewhere. He realized that it was taking him much too long to make change for his customers. So Jim decided to put a basket full of change on the side of his stand and to trust his customers to make their own change. Make my own change. Sure, you know I can trust you. Most customers responded to this trust by being completely honest, and then left him with a larger than normal tip. He was also able to move customers through twice as fast. As a result, he doubled his business with no additional cost, and his customers became more loyal because they liked being trusted. Anybody like that illustration? Yeah. I know it's a commercial illustration. You don't all get worked up like... You might do with, with Jared about dancing and thinking it's all commercial and everything else. It's not. It's a principle. So I want to talk to the principle. Here we have a vendor who was struggling, didn't want to take any more staff on. How does he do it? By trusting his customers. As a result of trusting his customers by saying, you find your own change, what does the, what does the commentator say? His business doubled. Yeah. And everybody liked it because they felt trusted. You see, where trust is high, progress is fast, and the cost is low. I just want to tell you, I'm going to lay in. I just feel like I'm being a bit of a bricklayer this evening. We just want to keep laying this principle in. We're not talking about a free-for-all. Listen, some of you have already come on the end of it. If we think, think people are out of order, we'll address it rightly, considerably, in the right environment. But we will deal with issues, and we'll deal with issues quickly. So we're not talking about a free-for-all. But what we will do is if we ask you to do something, we'll trust you with it. I don't want to be micromanaging. Paul and Liz and the leaders of the life of the church, we've got a passion to plant small groups all across this M1 corridor and beyond. That's right, guys, yeah? that I am not going to know everything that happens in these small groups. And by the way, they're not going to know everything that's happening in those small groups. And by the way, they don't want to know what's going on in all the groups. And neither do I. What we do want to make sure is they carry our heart and our values and our passions to go and grow and to love and serve our community. But we're not going to tell them when they have to meet, how long they have to meet for, who has to talk. Frankly, that's micromanaging. And the cost will be very, very high if we do that. And the progress will be very, very slow if we do that. But if we will learn to trust, then I'm telling you, the progress is very fast. So Josh heads up all our youth program. We do talk, we meet, and of course I meet with Paul and Liz. But I'm not asking him everything that's happening in the life of the church and what are you doing that for and why are you doing that and picking over it. Why do I do that? Because I trust him. Do they at times need correcting? For breaking screens and things like that. Yes, they do. He's smiling at me. Of course they do. I'll leave that to Christine. <laughs> but does that mean that we don't trust him and his team? Of course not. We trust them. Yeah. And by the way, I was with a group of them. They run something called Generation Unleashed on Friday night. And we're going to believe all of this for Mansfield as well. 25 leaders just wanting God and just... Oh. I was so pumped up on Friday night. It was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Trust. And we need to keep laying it in to the life 
of the church. Trust is built over time. It's never assumed. I didn't think this was going to be a long message, so I need to move through because I've only done a few bits. So let's keep moving quickly. Are you still with me tonight? Trust is built over time. It's never assumed. Listen, as people are brought close, they will see you, your behavior, your belief, your passions, your attitudes and your words and your actions. And they'll begin to trust you. Trust is not given to perfect people. Because if that was the case, none of you would trust me. I may come on to that just a slightly later on. But trust comes out of a heart. It comes out of a willingness to come close and to give away. Some people ask Phil and I, how does this thing work called team? Well, the basis of it, and we haven't really talked about it, is just trust. That he trusts me. And I trust Phil. It was a big thing for Phil and Sharon to come and join us at Arena Church because of their journey. And we didn't know each other that well, really. I knew Sharon through work. I'd only ever heard him preach once. So he didn't come. And yet I knew we were getting a great Bible teacher and preacher. But you see, Phil had to learn to trust me. And I had to learn to trust Phil. Because otherwise, we were going to have a train wreck. Hello? There's been many of them around the nation in churches. And we've had to learn to trust one another. We need to do that here at Arena Church. I'm just going over it because I just want you to get it. We've got to learn to trust one another. We've got to deal with the pain... But let's not pick over the details. Let's not second guess. I'm not asking you to leave your brains at the door. I'm not asking you that you can't even ask a question. We want you to do that. We want you to do that. We're not saying that we can't be saying, excuse me, what did you mean by that? But there's a way to do that and not, isn't there? We don't, what we don't need is, hey, you, what do you mean about that? Please show us a little bit of respect because we wouldn't do that to you. But if you want to find out what's happening, then... Come and talk to us in the same way we'll come and talk to you. We just need to lay in this whole thing to do with with trust. Proverbs 3 and verse 5 and 6 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. The message says this. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure everything out on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God and run from evil. We need to be people that trust God. We're a Christian church. We need to trust God. He is trustworthy. And we haven't got time to open that up. He is completely trustworthy, friend. Even in the midst of your challenges and your battles and your storm. Even in the midst of the wind and the rain battering your house. He is trustworthy. He is rock solid, he is steadfast, and he is certain. He is God, and he can be trusted. If you want to know more about God, listen to this morning's podcast. It was brilliant. There is only one God, and you'll get something from that. But we also need to trust one another. We need to hold two relationships in trust for advancement and progress. We need to trust each other. I've mentioned that. And we also need to trust 
the leadership. And I've also spoken about that before. You know, as I said, with regards to trusting the leadership, let me just address that, particularly in the context of here, because it was quite interesting that a number of years ago when we had the opportunity to take the old church on, as it was then called, Bosa Street, there were many people who quite rightly didn't really know what we were all about, but they had the opportunity to hear us, but they decided not to trust us, and there was some, and they're no longer here, but there were people who were making statements, for example, um, they, they, they want to just take the asset and then just get it into Wilkeston and pay off their mortgage, if only that was the case, guys. Um, you know, they just want to get their hands on the charity shop. They just want to get their hands on. And there was all kinds of statements that were made from a basis of mistrust and an absence of trust. But I just want to underline this, and I do think it's important to do so, because one thing that we promised those people on July the 4th, 2010, what we didn't promise you is that we would grow. What we promised you is we would be here for the long haul. That's what we said we would do. And we also promise you that we would lovingly lead you. Lead you. We want to pass you, but we will lead you. We also said that we would do the right thing by Bosa Street. And we also said it was our heart to get a new building. Because I remember uh, Margaret, I don't know whether Margaret's here, but Margaret, I remember Marnie's mom saying to me, well, if you sell Bosa Street, what's going to happen? When I have my funeral, what is going to happen? I says, you don't need to worry about that. We will get a building. You have my word, we will get, this was even before this was on the radar, we will get a building. What I want you to need to understand is for those who are relatively new, all those things, and this isn't a boast, all those things we've kept our word on. We're here for the long haul. If we weren't, why would we buy this building? It would be plain stupidity. Yes? We said that we would lovingly lead you. We will endeavor to do that. And who was it? Glennis said, what one thing do you love about Arena Church, Phil and Christian? Well, there's two things, but I think there's an indication of lovingly leading you. We said that we would do the right thing by Bosa Street. We weren't after it for the assets, because if it was, we would have sold it when we had the opportunity for very little money, but got the money and just rammed it into our account. And we still own it, and we're still working through what God has for us in there. All I'm saying to you is, you can trust us. So please don't think that you need to second guess what's happening or pick over the details of what we're saying because you don't need to do that. You see, trust over this time has been built. We've been on the journey now for three years. Trust is built by coming close. You've seen me in my frailties and my failings. You've seen me in my mumblings and my bumblings. You've seen me at times when... I've been all, all around the world and then tried to land it back. You've seen all that. You've seen me when I probably had a bit of a cold. And I haven't felt 100% or my head's been banging because at times it does with just the day. You've seen all that. You've seen, you've, you've seen me. We've allowed you to come close. We haven't preached and then gone to a private room somewhere because we don't want to interact with people. We, you've seen me in my work shorts with my terrible legs and my dodgy boots painting, well, endeavouring to paint and strip walls. and You've seen all of that. You've seen it with Phil. Yeah. We've allowed you to come close. We want you to come close. 
And this is how trust is built. And if I can just work on the context of small groups, that is part of the passion, to come close, to join close. Yes, guys? That is why we want people in small groups. So you can create an environment of trust where people can come close and they see the frailties and the failings. But they also, you see, in the midst of frailties and failings, what I love about being at home and with Caroline, over 22 years nearly of marriage, she sees the frailties and failings, but she also sees my heart. (laughs) Because she's able to strip back the frailties and the failings because she comes close and she sees, even in the midst of me getting quite annoyed, she still sees my heart. We're talking about trust and laying a foundation of trust and there not to be an absence of trust. So we need, and it's also built through consistency. See, trust in a team. Spoke about leadership, but trust in the context of church. Trust will not happen in the life of the church if we don't think the best. Go to some churches... And you wonder, do they love one another? Well, clearly they don't. Do they like one another? Well, clearly they don't. Clearly they don't. You see, I think trust in a team is best developed by thinking the best, protecting one another, recognizing no one is perfect, admitting that we have weaknesses, offering And accepting apologies without hesitation. I am sorry. I got it wrong. Will you forgive me? (laughs) This is such basic stuff, guys. But unless we learn this kind of stuff, we will not create trust in the congregation. And we need to build trust. Trust in a team is developed by keeping a short account of wrongs. There's churches that can go back 30 years and they're remembering what that happened, what that guy did. Guys, can I please say, in my most edginess now, we must not do that. We need to keep a short account of wrongs. Like I said, we'll deal with issues, but let's not be picking over the details 30 years ago, you said that, Christian. Come on, cut some slack. We have to trust when things are hard. When, the, when we're under pressure, when things are difficult. It's easy to trust in a minute when we keep having new people come and we've got a new building and there's momentum. But we need to trust when things are hard. We have to trust when everything's being pressed in. We have to trust when there's not enough money in the bank. We have to trust when... It seems like there's a little bit of an attack that's going on because those things happen. That's when we've got to learn to pull together. I'm not talking to anybody. And begin to trust. And trust one another. Not jump into conclusions. For me, trust, I'll finish with this, is best expressed in loyalty. There's one thing that I cannot abide. It's disloyalty. I just cannot stand it. We're not allowed to say hate in our house. You know, we're not allowed to say stupid either. But I'm allowed to say it because it's in my illustration. So it's not a good thing to say stupid, is it, Caroline? You tell me off for saying stupid. I quite like saying stupid, but Caroline doesn't like it. I've said it four times now. I've got that out of my system. 
Another thing we're not allowed to say is hate. You know, we don't hate. And I understand that. But there's something I absolutely detest. And that's disloyalty. I just can't be doing with it. I'll cut you off at the knees if I can be as blunt as this. He'll tell me off later if I've been out of order. I'll cut you off at the knees if I feel there's disloyalty. I'll stick with you. It's like what you talk about family. Right? So let me use this as an illustration. What's the best illustration that I can think of? My dad, who's here. You say anything about my dad? You say anything about my dad? He'll have me to answer to. I can say it about him. But don't you say it about him. Am I talking to anybody? Because what it's called is loyalty. I know what he's like. I know he's not perfect. He is lovely. In small doses. No, I'm joking. He is lovely. As I am in small doses. So I know that I'm not right and perfect all the time. I'm not saying that, but please, what I'm trying to... Are you getting me? To be just loyal. Be loyal to this woman who leads us here. Be loyal to this man as he's in youth. Be loyal to this man as he leads us. Be loyal to the elders as they lead us. Be loyal to the small group. Be loyal to the kids' church worker. Are you hearing me? Be loyal. Let's not be disloyal. That's found in the world. If we've got anything to say... Go and talk to them direct. Don't do it behind the back. Don't do it behind the back. Go and say it to them in a right way. Not blurting off, well, I showed them firing off, kicking off. No, that's not the language of this house. Don't get in blood pressure and everything else. Let's be loyal. You're getting it all tonight. I'm done. I will just say, I will just say this. One final thing. I talk about Arena Church, and I do think it's worthwhile saying it. Saying it. The currency that every culture, business, business, and church understands is trust. People do business with people. They don't do business with companies. And they work on the basis of can they be trusted. I've told people with regards to Mansfield what we said we'd do, but I want to say this across Arena Church, in filling, filling my watch and the elders while we've been here, I'll just say it as it is. We've tackled wolves, we've dealt with foxes, and we've stood tall against giants. We were here when there was a handful, and we've stood with people in crisis. We've stood with others when there's been a death of a partner, others when there's been a marriage split. We've comforted people in their sickness. We spoke encouragement into your discouragement. When it was dark, we prayed, and we believed. And when people left, we stayed. We will always do the right thing by the church. All we're asking is that you will trust one another and that you will trust the leaders. We cannot demand or assume trust. It's only given. As we determine to trust God and each other and trust the leaders, progress will be fast and the cost will be low. I'm not saying this because I think there's disloyalty. I'm not saying this because there's any unity. I'm not saying this because there's somebody been kicking off. Quite the opposite. We're in a good momentum. It's wonderful. It's great spirit. I'm doing it as a warning to us. Because there's things that can come in so easily. Little foxes. 
giants, a little bit of yeast can spoil the whole batch of dough. And I, for one, take my responsibility very carefully as being a shepherd of this flock. And I will do everything I can in the same way with my dad. I will fight. So if somebody wants to say anything about you, they don't have to fight me. I might then deal with you after, but I'm telling you, I'll stand with you. I'm serious. I'll stand with you. I'll stand with you, and I will, you know, we will stand with you because we know that that's the aspect that we need to build in of trust. Some of you have been trashed, wrecked, shafted, sorry for all these words, hurt, discouraged, and you think, well, why should I? I'm asking you to start the healing process in a moment by saying, God, just pour some oil on me this evening. Pour some wine on me this evening. Pour just some fragrance upon me this evening. I'm not saying it's all going to go, but just God do something in me because we want to build it in the church. Andy, I wonder if you'd just jump on the keyboard and we're going to bow our heads in closing prayer.